with me on the Jack Off Hour. This is DJ Easy Dick. Psych. This is Thack Daddy. For the Thack Daddy experience. In association with the wonderful humans of DVR Podcast. And I'm just going to talk shit. Um, I was in the middle of reading a book called Pussy a Reclamation. Um, you can Google for the author. I have a very tentative memory at times, but um, the parts of the book that fascinated me in particular were about becoming clitorate. Uh, in one particular passage, a woman was discussing how she met a clitorate man, which means, you know, he is literate with a clitoris knowing how to make it happy so to speak so i thought that was really interesting because uh i don't know i think we live in a very hyper sexually repressed planet and i don't think we get to express our sexuality in the most healthy of ways i'm not going to go into a sacred secretion from the medulla oblongata kundalini type weird thing or anything but I think there's a lot of shit we don't know so plus I thought it was interesting that there's a book called Pussy of Reclamation so if you have a library card you could always get it out of library without having to buy it I endorse libraries anyway um I thought a few things I've heard coming out of the mouth of Jim Carrey recently were very interesting, so I'm going to repeat them. One was, your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. I think that's a very interesting statement because uh, I think for the most part, it's true. All right. Uh... He said to one interviewer who looked at him like he had completely lost his mind, we don't matter, and that's the good news. (laughs) Uh, I like that because I think it's fucking funny. (laughs) Um, And the other thing he said, which I, I always like to reference, at least to myself in my head, is you have two choices, love or fear. I think fundamentally... Almost every choice we make comes from one of those two places and nowhere in between. Uh, Hatred is just another mask for fear. Because you get agitated when you don't know what's going on. And that agitation stems from you're just scared. So, I don't know. And I've been trying to read some of the more provocative self-help books for my own personal amusement and recently I've been reading something about getting your shit together but since I misplaced the book clearly I don't have my shit together yet and now on to something uh that interests me just a little more going back into this Rick and Morty season 3 deal um I don't really know how the public feels per se I thought it was the best season so far. 
and I thought it was very interesting. And I think rewatching it, I mean, it's funnier. And particularly, I think that like uh, episodes six, seven, and eight, starting off with the rest and relaxation, and then uh, the Ricklantis. And then I forgot what the eighth episode uh, is called. Uh, It's usually involving something that says Rick in it. Uh, No, episode eight. I knew Morty's Mind Blowers. Okay, so here's like my idea. When When you're watching Rest and Relaxation, you notice that that detoxified Morty his Wall Street alter ego seems very much in alignment with evil Morty and I'm not saying that because we see evil Morty you know before season 3 that's not the point but the point is that I think that evil Morty is quintessentially a detoxified Morty from an alternate universe so I think that like in the main story universe so to speak that this Morty didn't get you know merged back with his with his self that that split became permanent because with that permanent split all the things that held him back were removed and he became unencumbered by life. He accepted the challenges and he rolled the flow and he was relatively happy. And I don't really understand the point per se of, I suppose in order to be a total or complete human being, your neuroses and your lack of neuroses have to be merged into one sphere, one consciousness. You can't really break the consciousness into fragments and pick and choose the aspects. But if there's a detoxification machine in another universe that could do it, uh, I don't see what the issue would be. But anyway, so I'm thinking pretty much that in that episode 6 that that version of Morty we see, he becomes evil Morty in another dimension and I think also that there might be no prior knowledge of Evil Morty in other dimensions because Evil Morty might have used Rick's uh, memory. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Eraser, storage unit, removal and storage machines to basically like literally exist off of any grids at all and I think that's kind of cool but it's it's a little disturbing but again I mean because it's a cartoon I don't think I know a lot of people examine it and talk about it on the internet I don't really read any of that stuff but I I think the show is, it's very interesting. I mean, if you take on certain 
or different points of view and then apply it to the show. Like, let's say you're a pantheist who's into surrealism and you're watching Rick and Morty. And for example, Rick. Now, Rick is one of the most supposedly free-spirited, free-minded individuals ever, and he's hyper-brilliant. Why? I mean, what is the likelihood that you could have millions of Ricks or hundreds of thousands of Ricks inhabiting a city together, and they still end up having the same kind of social hierarchies and, and structures as individuals that a singular Rick would consider to be inferior. How do you get a civilization of Ricks who are basically conformist and miserable fucks that are nothing like the main universe Rick in that they just accept anything? Like, why would they be working in a factory or... You know, even the simple Rick and his sentimentality. I mean, you could question the simple Rick thing just based on the fact that toxic Rick wasn't uh, was the sense was the sensitive one that the detoxified version could hurt Morty and it wouldn't bother him, whereas the other one cared insanely. So it's. It's interesting because was simple Rick that simple? And how do you establish a civilization of infinite? Like you have all these variations of yourself that are all equally intelligent and all equally capable. And yet somehow they have a social hierarchy that just doesn't even make any sense. I mean, it's interesting to see that Evil Morty is the one who took over that facet of that world. But... I'm more interested in how it was even possible for it to happen. Because, I mean, it would, in my eyes, I would have seen all the Ricks just sort of just killing each other. Because, why the fuck am I going to work for you? We're the same intelligence and we're literally the same genetic makeup. Like, I don't get it. There has to be some, some other layer. And going into the Pantheist view, it doesn't matter which version of you is out there all versions are just aspects of a singular version so the theory that you know everything is literally connected everything is just a vibration vibrating at different rates and speeds and bearing the appearance of a particular form to express itself but ultimately from an infinite nothing so all those divergent aspects of you, even if given a physical form, they're divergent. They're all representations of an infinite variety of what choices and environments and influences could make the construct that you call you. So it's almost like a self-aware virtual matrix type deal. And ultimately... Which you is the actual you? you? You don't really get an answer to that question. I mean, we don't even know 
who the fuck Rick is. That's how well the show is written and how good the stories are. Because no one ever just stops to go, okay, we accept he's a brilliant scientist, blah, blah, blah. Who the fuck is this guy? You don't know. But we do know that in infinite universes with infinite versions of this guy, this particular version of this particular guy is the real deal because unlike the other versions, he doesn't allow himself to be subverted. So, which is on one hand a great quality, but on the other hand, it's questionable. That detoxified version of him and the toxic version of him, when you see the toxic version of him, you realize that the, your toxic aspects and the negative aspects and qualities of who you are, they're intertwined with the positive aspects of who you are. And we don't have a machine that could separate it for us like they did in the show. And even within that context, he realized that he had to merge. They had to come together. So, what does that say? What The only statement that I can derive from that is, really? Our good and bad are all intertwined. We would like to separate everything into neat compartments and think, I'm a good person, I'm a bad person, I'm a this person. You're all of the above, and you're none of the above. Simultaneously. You're Schrodinger's cat. Except you're a Schrodinger's douchebag. Or you might be Schrodinger's asshole. You're Schrodinger's something. Dead and alive simultaneously across space-time. Which time is an aspect of consciousness. So we generate it as a reality. Space. Without that emptiness, where does all the stuff go? <laughs> Without space, there's nothing. And yet, supposedly, human beings have proven that there could be an infinite amount of space between two dots on the sheet of paper, even though we don't see it because it's relative. So if it's all relative... And that just means a perspective is what it is, but it can only exist in the context of the relativity in which it inhabits, right? So, I don't know. I like main universe Rick. Pantheistically speaking, though, his toxic version, you see it, you know, in like the ABCs of Beth or um, even the last episode where question mark Beth and I, I just call her that because we don't know if she's the clone or if it's regular Beth but you know question mark Beth spoiler alert takes Jerry back duh um you know when when question mark Beth takes Jerry back it's almost like seeing a uh you know familial resonance between her and Rick where you can see toxic Rick in there covering up his his emotions because really outside of anger what other emotion does Rick demonstrate he, he demonstrates joy but only in the context of anger 
to actually demonstrate like a a real tender emotion would require vulnerability and it will require a level of honesty that Rick clearly doesn't want to engage in because look at the pickle Rick deal I mean <laughs> he turned himself into a pickle just so he could avoid family therapy uh, so you have the the ability to turn yourself into a pickle and then not die and then build a body I mean you know the genius of the the character is never in doubt but the fear of confronting actual emotions and to go to those lengths to avoid them that's fear man and that toxic episode I think is actually more pivotal than People might think it gives you a real inside look into, you know, the toxic part is a lot more foul-mouthed, but also emotional. And you you split it from the not-toxic aspect, but, you know, ultimately, like Rick said himself in the episode, it's what you perceive as toxic that is toxic to you. So, again, toxicity... In the psyche of any given human being is relative to that human human being's perception of their world. So, I don't know. I think that's interesting, but I really feel like that episode where you, you see what Rick is like detoxified and what Morty is like detoxified. I mean, Morty bounced. Morty had no interest whatsoever in being a whole integrated person. And uh, I could understand where Morty was coming from. But I really feel like that version of Morty, the detoxified one, is the blueprint for evil Morty. Particularly the Wall Street version, who's very adept, very cunning, charming, intelligent, well put together, and ready to do whatever they need to do. So, that's what I was thinking recently of watching the Rick and Morty thing. Um, I don't really have a ton of other stuff floating around in my head. Uh, I did find this episode of Invader Zim really entertaining, but it's just one particular part, and it's... uh. I believe it's the Mortos the Soul Stealer episode, so right. Big Head Dib is looking for Zim and he's lost Mortos, so he's looking for Zim and he's, you know, bragging about he has this great weapon and you know, he's telling Zim about the weapon and Zim is across the street and <laughs> uh you know, and he, they just yelling back and forth, and Zip is just stupid. He's just like, what? Like, it's just funny. But the best part was he gets, he's like, he gets tired of Dib, and he says to Gurr, you know, unleash the weapon or something. I, I don't remember. I'm not good with direct quotes. But I do remember Gurr looks across the street, and then he just says, Sammy! And he launches a sandwich out of his head. 
and shoots across the street, hit, <laughs> hits Dib in the face, launches him into a, a brick building, and smashes him into it. Now, I know it's absurd, but to get your ass knocked into a building and your head face smashed into everything, <laughs> buy a sandwich, <laughs> that shit's funny to me. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not really thinking much else right now. Uh, I'll probably have more functional ideas. I just can't stop thinking about that, that, uh, that sandwich head smash thing. Um, I'll probably be jumping on some One Punch Man type stuff. Probably a little more anime stuff. Um... Discussing Death Note Sands the Netflix movie I have no problem with Netflix making movies I really like The TV show Stranger Things And after I binge watch The shit out of the show Maybe I'll have something to say about it But um, I don't know I, I really like that uh, Desperate Cheeto video on YouTube like Cheeto, like you know, Cheeto. It's just funny shit. There's a lot of funny shit out there. I don't really engage in a ton of it. But the desperate Cheeto shit was hilarious. You would just have to watch it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. I can't have any clue to what people will like. I am reading a book called Subliminal by Leonard. I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, let me see. Leonard. M-L-O-D-I-N-O-W. Not sure how to pronounce that. So, instead of mangling the shit, I'm not going to. <coughs> but yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be talking about some anime stuff. I'm probably going to go see some movies. And uh, I'll have a lot more to say or not. I'm not sure. I know Idiocracy is a classic. We don't have a president yet with the name or partial name of Mountain Dew. But I don't know. I think we're there in the great Idiocracy already. Um... It's not as entertaining as I would have thought it would be. But it's interesting. And it's yielded some great TV. I don't know. Uh, Like I used to say to one of my homies. And I'm far from being a captain. But randomly check ya. Kirk out.